You're listening to What's New with Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far-off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. This podcast is supported by Tools and Weapons, the podcast hosted by Microsoft Vice Chair and President Brad Smith. Each episode features insight you won't find anywhere else from the center of the conversation surrounding emerging technologies like AI. Right now on the podcast, you can hear a special episode where Brad Smith lays out Microsoft's vision for a vibrant marketplace driving the new AI economy. To hear more, follow or subscribe to Tools and Weapons with Brad Smith wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Spoken Edition of Wired. Review Instant Pot Max. The most powerful Instant Pot yet can get dinner to the table even faster, at least in theory. Rating 5 out of 10. Price $200. By Joe Ray. Electric pressure cookers hit it big in American home kitchens a few years back because, along with the perceived lower risk of dinner on the ceiling, they cook food fast. Something like beef stew, which takes all day in a slow cooker, needs as little as 25 minutes under pressure. With an extra hit of power, Instant Pot's new 6-quart Max promises to take that speed and turn it up to 11, getting dinner to the table even faster. Could it? I wondered. And what's 11 mean anyway? Like many other electric multi-cookers, the Max has several functions beyond pressure cooking, including browning, slow cooking, steaming, rice cooking, and yogurt making. Like a few fancier models, it can cook sous vide, though due to the size of the cooking pot, that's of pretty limited utility. The big difference is that, until now, electric models struggled to achieve 15 PSI when pressure cooking, the way old-school stovetop pressure cookers could. Without that extra bit of pressure, electric pressure cookers couldn't quite get as hot, and recipes took a little while longer than they did in stovetop models. Now, with 1,100 watts, compared with Instant Pot's traditional 1,000 watts, the Mac says, no more! It hits 15 PSI and gets dinner cooked an estimated 10 to 15% faster. It's caught up to your grandma's stovetop pressure cooker. It's not as big a deal as the hype preceding the Max, but it's a nice solid step forward. For now, it's only available in a standard 6-quart size and you'll pay a premium, $200 for the improvements. Now, if only they could have boosted its searing capability. Searing is an electric pressure cooker's weak spot, especially considering how many pressure cook and slow cook recipes use browning as a way to build flavor. Cookbooks and manufacturers like to tout the all-in-one pot ease of multi-cookers, but I've always wished that the instant pots I've used could sear something in short order. They can't. What I've learned with my own Instant Pot Ultra is to do the searing in a skillet on my stove, then to transfer the food to the pressure cooker, which saves a lot of time. 
Strangely, despite the power boost and several other incremental changes to the Max, the skimpy searing stays the same. One thing I was excited to see addressed was slow cooking. Pressure cooking and slow cooking are extremely complementary birds of a feather, essentially two different kinds of convenience and the two most important features of any multi-cooker. If you feel like prepping the night before, flicking a switch on the way out the door in the morning and coming home to dinner, then slow cook. Want to make it all happen after work or try something fancier on a weekend afternoon? Pressurize. Figuring out the improvements to the Max and how to take advantage of them was a little confusing when I started cooking, but fear not, I've done the screwing up for you. The changes to the Max means that it slow cooks like old school slow cookers, slightly slower than multi-cookers slow cook options, and pressure cooks with what's essentially a turbo option. This means that the easiest recipes to follow with the Max will be old school pressure cooker and slow cooker cookbooks. If you do use the max setting with a multi-cooker pressure cooker recipe, it'll be done 10 to 15% sooner than it would be on the high setting. You can also skip the math and use the low-high pressure settings on the max, and it'll cook just like the book says. Having those options is a subtle touch, but clever and very helpful. If you use a multi-cooker cookbook slow cook recipes, though, they'll now take a little longer than the scheduled time in the max, but that's a good thing. After reviewing America's Test Kitchen's new book, Multi-Cooker Perfection, earlier this year, I learned that Instant Pots were the laggards of the slow cooking game. The book gives pressure and slow cook instructions for each recipe, and in a couple of occasions, it goes as far as advising not to slow cook some of its recipes in the Instant Pot Duo, as that machine's version of low ran at a significantly lower temperature than other models, like the Fager Lux LCD. Recipes like beef stew and ribs just took way too long to cook in the duo. I tried slow-cooking multi-cooker perfection's beef stew in the max before realizing I should have used the near-identical recipe in slow-cooker revolution. It meant that it wasn't done as soon as I thought it would be, so I gave it a short blast under pressure and finished it in time for supper. Lesson learned, I cracked open slow-cooker revolution and tried again. No dice. The cookbook said it should take 9 to 11 hours on low, and I started cooking it at midnight. I checked it at 9, I checked it at 11, and I kept checking it until 4 the next afternoon, when I found the beef was still a bit chewy and the potatoes and carrots had not yet cooked through. I gave up and swapped over to pressure cooking so I could have it in time for dinner. As my wife Elizabeth put it, 16 hours seems like a long time to not cook a potato. I tried again, this time making ribs from Yu Atchison's fantastic The Chef and the Slow Cooker. After eight hours bubbling away, they just squeaked in under the wire. They were good at the predicted eight hours, which is generous, some recipes call for six hours, but really hit their falling-off-the-bone sweet spot an hour later. What puzzled me here was how Instant Pot could re-engineer a machine, seemingly address their slow cooking deficiency, but seemingly not try to cook the same beef stew and other dishes that had dinged their reputation just a few months prior. Two other things you'll want to watch. There's been controversy around the Max's ability to do sous vide, which I didn't test because I find it too small and clunky of a setup to bother, and canning, where it's been rumored to skirt a bit too closely around food safety rules.
What really had me scratching my head, though, was the E-19 message that ground my machine to a halt. Having had my fill of beef stews, casseroles, and marineras common to the multi-cooker and slow-cooker cookbooks I'd been overdosing on, I swapped over to Dr. Uravashi Petre's Indian Instant Pot Cookbook, being mindful to reduce the book's proposed cooking times if I used the max setting. I started with Bangan Barta, searing eggplant on my grill and then combining it in the max with onions, tomato, and spice blends like garam masala and goda masala, cooking it under pressure, then adding a little coconut milk once it was done. While that cooked, I prepped another dish from the cookbook, Bun Gobi Mutar, a simple mix of cabbage, peas, and onion with cumin and turmeric. When the eggplant dish finished, I quickly switched gears and used the max to saute the onion, cumin, garlic, and ginger, and then added the rest of the ingredients, closed the lid, and tried to pressure cook on low. A few moments later, the machine let off a series of beeps, and the screen flashed E-19. My friend Ted, who was visiting and doing some armchair cooking, said, That's not good. Then he complimented the eggplant dish. I let the machine cool down a bit and tried again, but the error message wouldn't go away and I had a potluck to get to. The manual simply recommended contacting customer service. I swapped the cabbage over to my Ultra and finished it there. The day after I made the eggplant, I was sure the Max would be up and running again, so I prepped the ingredients for Dr. Petre's famous version of Merg Makani, a.k.a. butter chicken, but I got the error message again and ended up cooking the dish in my Ultra. The chicken was fantastic, but apparently my Max was fried. Since the Max doesn't hit the market until mid to late August, customer service was understandably unable to help. I asked a company rep and she said that the error normally refers to the sensor in the lid being wet. At first I thought that since I'd rapidly swapped one recipe for the other that it might have been pushing the machine past expected limits, but then I remembered that there are plenty of pressure cooker recipes that suggest cooking for a while, then checking on things and pressure cooking for a few more minutes if the food isn't fully cooked, which is essentially what I'd done. The company rep also suggested that the glitch in the Max may have been due to it being, quote, a pre-production model, which is peculiar because we had a arranged for me to receive a retail-ready production model for my testing. Still, the rep told me there are no differences between the machine I tested and the production models that'll ship in August. So, there's all that. Make of it what you will. Maybe it was just a one-off bug with the model I reviewed. That error message and the still slow, slow cooking really mucked up the works because the Max has so much going for it. If none of this confusion happened, I'd be wondering if it could unseat America's Test Kitchen's favorite multi-cooker, the Fagor Lux LCD. Instant Pot is not making staggering leaps forward, but like Apple does with MacBooks, the company made several smart incremental changes to its current lineup to come up with the Max. It's a little more powerful, and there are additional little perks, like a rethought UI and a clever automation of the pressure release valve, too. Truthfully, you don't need to replace your existing multi-cooker just to get this newest one, especially considering it costs $200 and you can get a duo on sale for well less than 100 Still, if that error message hadn't cropped up and they had nailed slow cooking, it could have set a new standard. 
If you're thinking about taking the plunge, the best tack might be to hold off for a few months and watch customer reviews to see if anyone else gets that E19 message, indicating a larger problem. I'd love to recommend the Max, but I can't. Not yet, anyway. Your best bet might just be to stick with the one you've got and see if they ever put out a Max 2. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— and they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 